$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's Shake Them Ropes, Chris Novembrino, with power, with water, with internet. Jeff Hawkins didn't really have to worry about any of those things this week. Did You You didn't get hit with snow, did you? We got hit with wind. And Chris, wind. let me remind you, with real power comes real responsibility. <laughs> yeah, th- th- that's, that's true. Uh, it, you know, it's a powerful thing. Wind is uh, one of the many powers that there are out here. But uh, we have power again here in Texas. It's been quite a week, though, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Once in a lifetime storm hits Texas and and everything goes to hell. <laughs> so I have obviously been following the news coverage of this. It's a little bit different when you're living the news. Uh, but I've noticed some people talking about the storm in 2011. That was somewhat similar to this, but I, I will explain to people a little bit of the contrast in 2011 we had another deep freeze and it got really cold what ended up happening though was like an ice freeze so it froze over i-35 and it was an absolutely frozen highway it was it was a long time before they even got salt trucks on there i remember people were trying to drive on it and trying to drive 60 miles an hour on a highway that had a sheet of ice that was several inches thick and accidents, of course, ensued and everything. This is a little bit different. There was a lot of snow. Um, I have never, to you know, when people are saying a centuries old storm or whatever, since I've lived in Texas and I've lived here 15 years, uh, I've never seen this many inches of snow. You occasionally get a little dusting at some point in the winter. Like one day, you know, it's like quirky and it, it's there for a day and it's gone. Um in this case, like it came down, there were really big snowflakes, man. Uh, and the big problem out here in Texas is that people don't really know, as I sort of mentioned with the ice driving, people don't know how to drive in snow. No. People don't know how to prepare for snow. Um, that's, I think, the part that really blindsided a lot of my friends and neighbors is they just, you know, don't have thermal underwear, for example, which is a thing that I own. Uh, like, you know, they don't have an extra space heater. They don't have blankets. Uh, they don't have 
things stocked up in terms of like canned goods, soups, and that sort of things. Things that you can just eat without having to necessarily cook it. Um, already prepared food, that sort of thing. And I, and I think that made uh, made this particularly hard on people. Yeah, now that I can relate to because people in Los Angeles don't understand rain, even though we get it once a year. But like the cities are not built like the sewage system out here cannot handle even a moderate amount of rain. Everything floods out here. But yeah, snow's a dangerous thing. And it's, you tell the people who want to live in the cold that there's dangers to snow and ice, but they love the white and it's so pretty and all these other things. And you go, no, it's, it's fun to visit, but you don't want to live there. Well, I like Trisha. So I'm not going to be a <laughs> oh, co-signatory really out me, you son of a- on that. No, I think Trisha is wonderful. Uh, I think it's great that she listens to the show regularly. And as not for her- long. <laughs> no, well, you know, I'm her favorite host on Shake Them Ropes, especially I right now. I, I'm putting her over strong. No. So anyways, getting back to the snowstorm here, I, I had to go out. Well, I didn't have to. But after day one, I took a kind of quick stop. I was like, yeah, you know, a few more things. I don't know if they're. I hadn't lost power or water yet, but I had been reading reports, as everyone had, that power and water could go out. It's like, I'd feel a lot better if I went and grabbed some bottled water and just grabbed a few more goods here to make sure I I absolutely 100% make it through. Um, So I went and did that. What I hadn't priced in, and I think has made the crisis out here a lot rougher for people, is that... The power going out at grocery stores means that they have to give up all of their frozen stock. So, like, when I went to my local grocery store here, all of the doors on all of the frozen, like, pastas and the frozen Chinese food and the pizza, all that stuff, it's all taped off and they don't want anyone buying it because it lost thaw. Um, you know, and it actually all went, you know, not up to room temperature. Well, I guess maybe up to room temperature, depending on how cold the room got. But anyways, point being, um, it it was no longer sellable food, which creates even more scarcity. And so people are trying to compensate for that. And like the grocery store is packed. Oh, by the way, it's not as though the pandemic has stopped either. So (laughs) really, really stressful time. Um, and then I, I haven't even told you about this. You do know. Jeff, that I live at one of the great apartment complexes in Texas, but but arguably the planet, and that we have a, a, a high-quality maintenance team. And high, well, the maintenance team, those guys are nice, but the uh, the property management team, just top-notch people, top-notch people. You, I you said know some this. sarcasm. You all, you, you have heard about this off-air for years now, because uh, we're friends. We talk off-air sometimes. Um, I let you text me multiple times a week. You have a limit that I've been increasing due to good behavior on a regular basis. And I applaud the good behavior. Um, But this week, Jeff, guess how many messages I have gotten in terms of emails from this apartment complex. Is it a high or a low number? It is a high number. I will go with 25. You nailed it. It was what? 25, like, I, it might be 26 or 20, actually, no, I'm sorry, it's like probably 28 or 29 after today. That's right, kill my joy, Chris, but no, continue. No, 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 but but no, So a, a very solid guess. We were just getting an endless sea of them. Um, yesterday, I got one at 9 a.m. that said FEMA assistance. I don't need FEMA assistance. I don't want anyone to freak out and worry about me. Uh, but it says this, we received this text, siren emoji, siren emoji, FEMA is finally here, Texas. If you're still without power and need a place to warm up, clean up, and sleep until things restore, 
FEMA's paying for hotels. And then there's a phone number. If you know of anyone who needs it, press 1 for Texas Disaster Relief and follow prompts. You will need and need to know the following. Pen, paper, date of disaster, social security number, address, income, and home and apartment info. The process should take about 20 to 30 minutes to complete. Now, Jeff, what do you think that sounds like? BS. Yeah, that sounds like a scam that my apartment <laughs> complex sent off to everyone. And they ended up sending an email about 30 minutes, or I'm sorry, not 30 minutes, three hours later. So plenty of time for people to go. It says, dear residents, unfortunately, the information that was given to us to share with the residents regarding FEMA is a scam. Please do not call this number and provide them with any personal information. Uh, to make matters worse here, today they actually sent off uh, another email talking about loss and damages on property. Um, they've been kind of wishy-washy when it came to you know frozen pipes. Uh, you know, here's another thing I, I'm sure you're aware of frozen pipes and how pipes can freeze when it gets cold. Um, a lot of people don't. Just talking about institutional knowledge, lots of people don't know how to keep the doors open, how to keep pipes cool. A lot of these pipes are too old um, and not built for this sort of temperature regardless, even if you did all of that stuff because of how cold it got. Um, and they sent off an email today saying that, uh, <laughs> that you're responsible for all of that and that if your pipes burst, that's, that's on you. Uh, call renter's insurance, but you're, you're ultimately liable for this. Um, payway... To, to compare and contrast here, Jeff, uh, Payway, the Chinese restaurant, uh, they sent off an apology letter saying that uh, they realized that when they sent off the buy one, get one this week uh, in certain parts of the country that it was insensitive, so they're extending it into next week. <laughs> oh, pipes are not your responsibility. <laughs> you can't go into the walls and control them. Yeah, I, uh, I I mean, the audacity of talking about your responsibility after sending a FEMA scam to everyone the day prior. <laughs> well, uh, OK, <laughs> I can't top that. So I'm just going to go into something else. But people say they like the banter. Uh, you no, know, I, uh, I no, I, I appreciate that you're OK and that your apartment management team is scum. <laughs> oh, wait, did, we did. I forgot. To, I might have buried the lead here. I did lose water for like about a day and a half, um, okay. but I didn't I, I didn't lose power. So, I, you know, I'm looking at all this rolling blackout stuff at the end of the day here. And like and I obviously it happened. Um, I know that I think it, what's twisted to me is how like I didn't experience any of that. And there are some people who are out of power for days. And like I know that like some of the rich neighborhoods here in Dallas never experienced any blackout. I kind of. I figured in my case, it's because we got hit with that tornado about eight months ago. So they just changed the transformer on my block because we had a big power outage when that happened. Um, but, you know, it's it's messed up, man. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Well, glad you have all your uh, utilities back. It's that my, my friend in Austin just got his power back today after five days out, I believe. So, <laughs> yeah, they got they had it really bad in Austin. Um, the I, there's uh, several power management companies in the state here, and some have performed. I don't know. I can say better or worse because I, I don't actually really have a good qualitative analysis of this, but certainly differently. Got an update on Peacock job 
Uh, what are we going to call this? We're going to label this. Jeff tries to, to tr tries to run the WWE network. There is a, there, there's breaking news that broke tonight. Uh, I have two interesting avenues that have happened. One of which a contact at NBC Peacock has agreed to at least put my resume and cover letter. If I send my candidate number from the database, which was my fear, as you recall. I will get it in front of the right person. So I'm at least going to be heard. I don't know if that means they're going to like my resume and cover letter. They may just be looking for somebody from like the MLB network to run this thing, but I'm at least going to be heard on it. And then, and then the more interesting thing, a known name in WWE uh, is looking to see if they have any sway in the decision making and might, might give me a, might give me a little bit of a boost if, uh, if it comes to that. And that, uh, that was nice. Cause I don't think this person knows me from Adam, but on a, on a recommendation, uh, they said, Hey, I'll look into what poll WWE has with this Peacock decision and let you know. So, Hey, you know, it never hurts to ask. And all I did was ask. And uh, I received somewhat. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to get the job. Doesn't mean doesn't even mean they're going to interview me for the job. But progress has been made, Chris, and I will take that as a small little victory in the palm of my hand. That's a wonderful thing. I think that's great. Uh, do you, would would it help if I wrote a song that petitioned <laughs> Peacock to hire you? No, no. In fact, it would do the opposite because you killed the XFL already with your songs. I, that, that no one <laughs> thinks that. Absolutely no one thinks that. People think that the XFL would probably still be around if the teams had adopted my theme songs. <laughs> you know that. I know that. I don't. You shouldn't say things like that. It, it betrays the audience. We have a trust <laughs> rapport that we've do built we? with them. Yeah, we do. Oh, this whole show's been a lie for six years, Chris. What are you talking about? Maybe for you, but for me, it's been the most true thing I've ever done. Uh, we had Rob McCarron here saying he was going to eat a hat. So, so Okay, they, they, well, they Rob, the see, here's the thing. I like to think of what I did is redeem the show's trust fall that occurred when McCarron refused to eat the hat. Okay. Uh, yeah, because, like, I mean, he said it. He said it very clearly, and then he weaseled, and he didn't even weasel in, in a really kind of satisfying sort of way, because, you know, he could have heel weaseled. He didn't even really do that. It took me coming in to cleanse the palate, cleanse the room, bring the mojo back. Peacock, you need to hire Jeff. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. So you can you do know, the this, theme song for WWE Network? You know, in Texas, it is freezing cold, oh my God, and I'm a broken man, and you can make me hold by hiring Jeff Hawkins. You I wrote that for you. You had a guitar at the ready. I, I tape literally with six guitars behind me at all times. <laughs> well, let's be slightly critical of the company then. Uh, <laughs> uh, interesting thing uh on our rundown sheet not a lot of news this week we're gonna have ice cold nxt takes uh from takeover and an elimination chamber preview to end the show and then just random thoughts about this ridiculous smackdown and other things in between but an interesting piece of pr 
I would say cleanup this week, Chris. Earlier in the week, a a tweet from the company. WWE offers our employees a special promotion at HTTP www.shop.com, including a 50% discount on merchandise and a 30% discount on championship title belts. Also, Tap Out Performance Apparel is available at a 40% discount for employees. They even receive free shipping. Now, this off the heels of the news that nobody was getting a bonus. <laughs> Can we do Wait, they're not getting it at cost. It's not even getting them old clearance material, stuff that they're trying to clear out, old supplies from old gimmicks and that sort of thing. It's We're still trying to get a buck off of you. Yes. Yes. That And that was brought the negativity on Twitter. And so it was sort of leaked, I think, personally. Uh, our friend Brandon Thurston, who does WrestleNomics, reporting that uh, employees, many, many of which were not receiving bonuses, did receive... $3,000 in WWE stock. Now you have more thoughts on WWE stock than I do. I, <laughs> it, it, look, uh, the voting, to understand WWE, this stock is not very volatile, so it's not easy to trade. It's not, doesn't have a lot of voting power because Vince McMahon's class of stock has like a 10 to one advantage over any outstanding shares out there. It's, it's a nice gesture. But <laughs> it's a nice gesture, but this stock has peaked. Yes. And it peaked hard a couple of years ago. Uh, and by a couple of years ago, I mean April 20th, uh, 420, 2019. <laughs> while I was doing something else, WWE's stock was at $96.71. This was almost a $100 stock at one point. It was a very hot stock even in 2018. It got up to 96. It went down um, in middle of 2018 to 65. It went back up to 96. It's not going there again. The market has now taken a look at this. All of the hedge funds that would ideally if you were going to own this stock and think you were going to get another rally, would show up and invest in WWE. They've done that, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Um, they might have gotten it at an even better deal than you did. And, uh, and in this case, you know, if I got this stock, I'd be looking to sell as quickly as possible. I, I don't, when I said to you, I said, oh, it might go down more. I don't know if it's going to go down more, but there are, way better things that you could do than get the hold. cash now because you don't yeah. know what it's going to be like later. I'm, I'm good you, with that. I, yeah. I, I mean, the dividend is one. Um, so that's like nothing. Uh, it's an unimpressive dividend. Uh, it's not nothing, but it's an unimpressive dividend that you can get anywhere else. Um, I don't see it appreciating tremendously. We talk about the ratings all the time. The ratings for wrestling are, Still really low. I know they do well in the demo. Um, but the overall trend line of wrestling viewership is going the wrong direction. And in particular, uh, going back to the actual ratings talk, in particular, it's going the wrong direction for WWE, if you want to talk about the demo. Um, I just, I don't see this stock going back up to 96 again, unless the market essentially does like a, a mega GameStop with WWE. WWE was like the GameStop of the big legit hedge funds. Um, they, they pumped it for longer, but it was never a hundred dollar stock. 
And I don't I don't see a reason why I'll get there again. In talent news, as seen on this past Monday's Monday Night Raw, it is indeed legitimate. Lacey Evans' husband put another one past the goalie, and she is indeed pregnant, thus pulling her out of this Sunday's Elimination Chamber and uh, other angles for the immediate future. Uh, does Asuka get another opponent on Sunday? And who is yeah, it? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, Reginald who is showing a lot of prowess at wrestling women. <laughs> Intergender champion Reginald, yes. The sommelier. Uh, he, he went over strong on Nia Jax, did he not? Did not hit a single move, but got drop-kicked and got the victory. That uh, that was something. Um, yeah, I, I... To me, there's two choices. You can either put Charlotte back in there, which is a safe choice, I would guess. This would be the time for me to bring out Rhea Ripley and make her part of the Raw roster because I think she's going to be fighting for this title either way. It's either going to be at WrestleMania against Charlotte or she's going to be defending it against Charlotte. But I think Rhea Ripley and Charlotte is the call for Mania. Yeah, I like that. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte at Mania. I, you know, that, that certainly, it, it'll be a, a strong, well-worked match. Um I'm fine with that. Hey, look, I, I, the one good thing about the Lacey Evans angle is I think it effectively writes off Flair. No, <laughs> I don't know about that. That's the weird thing is, is, uh, you know, it, it may give Slapjack something to do because he's the father, right? He is the father. Okay. And I think the, the obvious reveal here eventually is that Slapjack has, uh, been uh, what did you say? Put him past the goalpost. Yeah, uh, put one past the goal. Touch, yes, touch hockey mask. Uh, sport <laughs> reference. Touchdown. He did it. Chris does not know hockey lingo. No, it's Got a, it. he, he hit the penalty <laughs> shot. Got okay. it. Nailed it. Speaking of the demo, uh, numbers were lower on Wednesday. Seven hundred forty-seven thousand for AEW. Seven hundred. No, it's getting more selective. It's not lower. Wrestling's getting more exclusive and selective. This is part of the quandary of getting eyes on the product. Sometimes you want to hide the product. The demo was doubled up, though, for AEW. 400,000 in 18 to 49. 202,000 for 18 to 49 for NXT. So NXT yes. is not cool. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, I think, is real at this point. We've seen a lot of evidence on this. I understand why 18 to 49 probably even younger than that although 18 is actually a really good age because imagine if you watch this in your teenage years and you grew up liking nxt and 13 14 year old you remembers things like becky lynch and bailey and sasha um cool matches with finn balor shinsuke nakamura was once cool now you're 18 19 20 Getting ready to go to college, perhaps someday. Who knows? A pandemic will end eventually, maybe, they say. Um, you're right, getting ready to go to college, though. Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't had a good match, and uh, you don't remember how long at this point. You might have been a freshman in high school. Bailey and Sasha have gone on to do other things. Becky is gone now. Charlotte's Charlotte's been overpushed. Um, and NXT, when you go try to tune on now, it's the main roster with yellow ropes 
makes sense that these once NXT fans would drift over and be looking for something else, something that's a little bit, I, and I don't necessarily think AEW hits it out of the park every single week, but something that's a little bit more um, reminiscent of the energy that NXT used to have as a show when it was a one-hour show on the network. There's something with some bite on AEW every week, at least. So you can get yes. through the camp. You can get through the camp, and then you get to the serious angle. The problem with AEW, or not AEW, but NXT is you turn it on, and you have Dexter Loomis kidnapping people. You have a 2,000-year-old dragon who, <laughs> who has taken over and is running Zia Lee's career. You have Beth Phoenix yelling random stuff at different times. Now, that being said, this NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, upper tier for NXT TakeOvers in my book. A fantastic show. That's the crazy show. thing about NXT, which is that, yes, the TakeOvers continue to be really consistently good. Uh, and as bad as NXT, the week-to-week presentation, narrative work has been... Every time a takeover pops its head out of the water, they manage to cobble together the best stuff that's going on in the program and get those wrestlers to have the best matches they generally can. Um, and yeah, no, like this NXT takeover is a breeze to watch and was a good show from beginning to end. To get into this, we can intersperse this week's NXT talk within this, I think. Okay. Uh, D- Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez winning the Women's Dusty Classic, defeating Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. A fantastic opener. I loved that they were using kind of the the WCW circa 1990 ramp for this. Yes. Dakota Kai is this generation of women's wrestlers, Mickey James. She is so good at making everybody else look so good and ragdolling herself all over the place, and she doesn't get the credit. And I'm happy that they won this one. Ember and Shotzi were really good, too. Like, Shotzi's a maniac in big match situations, diving all over the place. A little weird having Raquel Gonzalez be the fiery baby face, sort of. and they're they're sort of teasing a bit of a turn for Dakota and Raquel. Yeah, that's a little odd too because I thought I, I thought they should have been in that post in, in the NXT Wednesday promo. I think they should have been a little bit more sure of themselves. At least Dakota, uh, Dakota kind of backed off a little bit from Shayna. I I liked I, I wanted turned on Tegan Knox Dakota Kai here. Not not oh I remember that and I'm now getting PTSD because of it thing but uh this tag match over delivered hot opener uh and i think i think probably the right team won due to my logic from last week yes we're gonna get the raquel nia Jax stare down depending on what happens on elimination chamber because there is a women's tag match set for that but uh yeah this match over delivered i thought yeah no i thought the match over delivered i don't like the finish um or i don't like who won I think that Shotzi Blackheart, I, I'm not crazy about Shotzi. I, I grant you that she is willing to take big risks. She's willing to do big spots. I do not think that she does a great job 
move to move. I agree. I think some moves look good, some moves don't. And I that I think would get very heavily exposed if she was being asked to carry 25, 30 minutes in a singles match um, at closing a show or near closing a show. Uh, and at the same time, I think that so much equity has been put into Shotzi Blackheart in building her up that they need to write around this flaw in her game. Uh, and they need to just go all the way with her. And she needed this win, in my opinion, more than Raquel did. I think Raquel and Dakota are were fine regardless. I think Raquel was made when she beat Rhea Ripley um, to that point. I, that's kind of the whole reason she was like, I can hang with Nia Jax because I beat Rhea Ripley. And, mm-hmm. and she's basically right. I, I don't think beating Ember and Shotzi here is nearly as big an accomplishment as beating Rhea Ripley was a few weeks ago. So... I don't think they needed it. Um, I, I Ember, I think, gets left kind of treading water. Shotzi's the big loser here, in my opinion, out of all of this. And so I would have went the other way. Uh, but I thought the match was great. Johnny Gargano beat Kushida for the to retain the North American Championship. Kushida's best outing in NXT by far since he's been on this WWE roster, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, he was inspired, wasn't he? That, he, he was going. That said... The logic you can take issue with because if you're going to eliminate all the outside interference that Johnny Gargano can use and then still have him win against Kushida, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That said, that said, Johnny Gargano, he's Johnny takeover, whether he's a baby face or a heel. This match was sublime. His heel selling's really good, right? Like his, his heel selling's really good because it plays off of, the way he sells as a baby face and like takes a lot of those sort of moves, like the way he'll like kind of guard himself by using his legs. He was doing it in a way in this match where it was heelish and it was, it was really fun. My big problem kind of building off of your point was Kushida did so much work on that friggin' arm that Johnny, who is a heel now, and as a heel, he's a coward, should have been tapping at some point. The The takeaway for me from this match is, wow, Kushida, the master of the arm breaker, is kind of not very good at breaking arms. Mm. That's and that's a, a problem. Point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, but... Uh... This match, I, I'm going to have to rewatch it again. Cause I, I Re- to- rewatch it with that lens because yeah. I, I, I'm with you. Dude, the, the Kushida has never been this good in NXT. I yeah. completely agree on that. I think Johnny, again, to agree with you more, heel selling, awesome. Uh, he's He really has, as good as he has been always as a babyface, and as you and I think he's a much more natural fit as a babyface, he has really transitioned great into this heel role. And has found new nuances in his act in this heel role that's really interesting. It's just a heel should not be able to go up against a submission master and white knuckle their way through being an arm breaker over and over and over and over again. If it's Rey Mysterio, that's fine. But Johnny is not being Rey Mysterio right now. He's being like... Well, they never really made Ray a heel, or when they did, it was very brief um, and ill-advised. Uh, the point being, Johnny should have tapped. 
um, given how much time. After that, the the one that was the most egregious was the top rope one. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, yes. he goes off the top, at, and that was the umpteenth time he had been in the arm breaker. He should have tapped. The follow-up was interesting Wednesday with the reuniting of Austin Theory <laughs> to the way. It was it was uh, it was ridiculous comedy, but uh, I'll allow it in this case. I'll allow it, but uh, th- the way is n- has lost their way in terms. They, they don't. Yeah. Well, they don't know what I'm saying. Like the writing on this doesn't seem to really know where the way stuff is going from week to week. Like, well, you know what the abduction stuff was. Loomis. Why did Loomis let Austin Theory out? Yeah, that's true. Pourquoi? <laughs> It must must have had the same security as Marco's stunt. <laughs> no, he was he was watching AEW and he's like, you know what? This is wrong. It's easy should, to leave. Yes, <laughs> I sh- I shouldn't be doing this. Dexter Loomis lets him out. I believe that was the point where we got the greatest music video ever. Cameron Grimes, sung by I believe uh, Josiah Williams or is it Josiah Williamson? I can't remember the last name offhand. This gimmick has legs, Chris. It has. I think it's really fun. I it like he, and I'm glad that he. One, it's funny that he like realized that he could make money off GameStop and he made the money. Two, I think it's great that he realized that this to the moon thing is memeable, and we are very much in a memetic culture moment right now and a gifable culture right now and. Grimes can take his gimmick and port it nicely into this Wall Street bets subculture and, and take advantage of that. And I think it, to your point, going back to the wrestling now, getting out of the pop culture part of this, I it adds more layers to him, right? He's he's a heel. He's always been a showboat. He thinks he's the greatest guy in the world. Now he's got a little bit of money, but like, you know, what's great is he can be like, he made himself $100,000, which, you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, $100,000 would be rad. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but $100,000 also can disappear much faster than people realize. Um, as many people who get kind of small, smaller, lump, large lump sums of money like that realize oftentimes. Cats. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah. Yuffie and one of the longest running angles here at the Novembrino Cat House is Yuffie and Hazy. Hazy, my fourteen-year-old oldest cat. Yuffie, my little runt of a cat named Kitten. Yuffie, about a year old, but she will never, she will never drop this heat with Hazy that she started on day one. And Hayes kind of agitates it, so we live, we get by. Yeah, there's only two ways for it to end. Either he spends all his money on dumb stuff and continues making it, or he or he loses his money on the stocks. And, yeah, so this thing's going to be great. We're going to get a return of Kiss My Grits from 70s. I think you should hire culture. a bodyguard. I think you should hire almost. I, oh, like, like, <laughs> I, I think it'd be, frankly, it's been okay with AJ. I think the Cameron Grimes and almost thing would be way better. MSK, Nash Carter and Wesley defeated the Grizzled Young Veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson to win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals on the men's side. Interesting point I did not know. The Grizzled Young Veterans were originally penciled in to win last year's Dusty Cup. But the wow. uh, but the Pete Dunn, Matt Riddle, uh, what was it, the bros? Broserweights. Broserweights caught fire, so they went with the hot hand. 
This was a moves match, but it was a love letter to tag team wrestling. I loved that. This might be my match of the year already. And I, it's going to be hard to top it. They did a James Drake doing the doomsday device to the outside was insane. They did the bad company slingshot into a thrust kick. MSK did. And I marked hard for that. Because I love that move when Diamond and Tanaka did it. It's one of my favorite tag team moves ever. Uh, Wesley doing the dive to the outside was insane. Uh, this thing was all over the place, and I loved every moment of it. A great, great tag team match. It's hard for me to say anything other than this was great. Oh, yeah, this is great. This is another one, though, I felt like the wrong team won. I, I just... MSK is a great team, um, and I think they will be. I, I actually, I'll, I'll t- walk the back. They are a very good team on the way to being great. I don't think they are great yet, and I think that that journey up to great is one of the most compelling part in, of any wrestler's career. So rushing it, I, you don't want to make it drag out for too long. But rushing it, I also think, can often be at a disservice. And in this case, I don't think the personality is there for Nash Carter and Wesley yet. And Grizzly Young veterans have the personality. Um, And I think, well, I think at some point this year they will be tag champions. But I I also think that they're due for an era where we really get here in the U.S. on the NXT U.S. show really get the grizzled young veterans that we were getting over on NXT UK. Agreed. I, I The personality for me for MSK is a hindrance right now because they're just telling bad they're jokes. Almost, they're almost grading. Like, yes. I, I, I thought for a brief spurt of the promo this week that they were almost heelish. They weren't. Yeah, and I realized they weren't fairly quickly, but yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, even the thing with uh, eating popcorn with Beth Phoenix, they have like uncool <sighs> baby face syndrome. <laughs> oh, that wasn't, uh, was not fun. Did not enjoy that. I, uh, it wasn't best idea either, to be clear. It's just like a stupid, they make the their baby faces uncool. Yeah, I, I... I don't disagree. That's that's the sad thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I don't think the grizzled young veterans were were hurt by this in in any way either. I mean, they just they were so great in this thing. They're gonna uh, be me, champions regardless. I mean, yeah. well, I both I think both these teams will be champion teams regardless. You know, so let me let me uh, circle back uh, to Kushida because we're not we're kind of talking NXT at the same time here. Uh, the, the point of Malcolm Bivens being around there is he's going to try and sell out Tyler Rust to get Kushida and end up with nothing, right? Is that what we're going for here? Ooh, I don't... I don't know. Um, I don't really know where the Rust angle is going right now. I, I think maybe Bivens is going to ultimately get Rust a tag team partner and move Rust into the tag division. Okay. Uh, I'll go through a couple other things from NXT TV before I go back to the Vengeance review. Uh, Leon Ruff sneaking one past Isaiah Swerve Scott. Interesting choice. 
yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, look, Ruff needs something to be a legitimate character, and, and he is a champion, and you can't just have, the, the way they have presented the North American Championship, you can't just have, even Leon Ruff, just be a pushover of a character. He's got to be presented with some degree of heft. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter versus Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea match. Can Zaylee just put all of them out eventually, <laughs> please? Uh, uh, they need to stop letting Casey do the promo. She, that pipsqueak voice of hers. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, she delivers this dialogue that does not work with her pipsqueak voice. Um, and maybe there's a way to make it work. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I haven't really thought about what the right tone word choice wise is for her tone of voice, but it ain't this. Zoe Stark gets an official debut after being in the dusty classic. Uh, she's okay. I think that finishing move move is... I like a good GTS. Don't get me wrong. It's a little too clever by half with the flip. And you can't do that with a certain size of woman. No. So she's only um, going to be able to do that with like the Casey Catanzaro's of the world. What I was thinking about is I thought the job girl did a tremendous job getting that finish over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, to that point, I think that that's an issue. I, I mean, I thought Zoe Stark... They did, a, they did a good job putting her over. She's got a she's got a good look. Um, the ling, limb length is different, um, and that's cool, and it good half to it. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the finish, I agree. Two cute by half is a great way of putting it. It the flippy thing, like Nia yeah. Jackson doing that. Yeah, she's not lifting up like Shayna and doing that. Uh, it, it, it's gonna be, you know, the tiny, you know, Aaliyah, Casey Catanzaro, maybe Caden Carter. You can do it with them. She's not going to be able to do that with Jesse Camilla even. So, no. yeah, that's going to be weird. Back to Vengeance in what was uh, a little bit of a disappointment, but still a good match. Io Shirai retained the NXT Women's Championship against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. They went home early. They originally had 20 minutes. They went uh, home after 12. Oh. I have not heard why, but... I think the table had a lot to do with it. That table falling apart and they just went on with it because I think that was supposed to be a climax. thought Mercedes was quite good in this match. thought Tony was good in this match and Io's always fantastic. It just, it, it, there was just something about, it, it felt like there was half a match in there and that I didn't get the rightful conclusion in some ways, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I like look there were a lot of sequences in there that I thought were fine. I have not been able to fully sink my teeth into Mercedes Martinez's story. Not like I I'm familiar with her work and she's good. Uh but the story that they're trying to tell right now, I think it's fully formed. The Tony Storm Mercedes Heat, it was kind of rushed. I I just think they tried to get into this match too soon. Um and to your point that you just brought up, the, it was rushed. It was rushed in the buildup, and then it was rushed in the execution, and you felt the rush. 
agree on all counts. And then finally, speaking of rushed angles, this is what the aftermath of this feels like to me. But Finn Balor defeated Pete Dunne in a manly, manly match. Oh, uh, man. For the NXT yeah. Championship. What a, what a match that was. This is, this is a little throwbacky. This is a little work the limbs, punch kick type stuff. I dug this, the big angle at the end, of course. Finn Balor comes to help after one and two uh, come out to try and beat up Finn. Adam Cole super kicks Finn Balor and then super kicks Kyle O'Reilly. The follow-up Wednesday, Adam Cole beats up Kyle Kyle O'Reilly some more. I think this thing has had legs where you could have paused this out. Maybe Cole's just... We're like four weeks into this story and we're like, uh, you know one day removed from takeover it they they went to way too many beats like there should have been the beat where balor was actually in the undisputed era there should have been an episode of nxt where everyone in the new newly formed newly minted undisputed era is standing tall and then in week two, after we have the like truly minted new undisputed era, Cole suddenly betrays the whole thing, and it's oh, like, why, think, Adam? Why? I think even before that, there should have been a week where you're hanging out together and everybody's cool, but you can just see something's bothering Adam Cole, and Adam Cole just says something snarky about O'Reilly and Finn's relationship, and how you know we didn't need him before when it was us et cetera, et cetera, or something to that effect, or how his pride's hurt because Kyle O'Reilly's getting all these title chances or whatever it is, and then it builds from there. And then after the super kick on O'Reilly, Roddy needs to be conflicted here. Roddy, you don't know which way Roddy's going to go. Roddy's and, motivations right now really suck, right? Well, because Roddy is, is always the guy who turns on people anyways because that's how he joined the Undisputed Era. You should look at him and go, okay, what's he going to do? Because, you know, Roddy's always been kind of interested in Roddy versus being a member of the team, per se. You should have all that. And I thought the Finn accidental kick ruined that a little. Yes, because now it's now it's like miscommunications or it's like partially it's either going to be baby faces who just can't quite get on the same page which is not really intriguing, or it's going to be Roddy turns on Finn because he thinks that Adam's his friend. Because now, the interesting of- thing there, the interesting thing there, let me cut you off because I'm, I wanted to get to that too, is if Roddy sides with Adam Cole and Adam Cole is either a lone wolf or has taken Pat McAfee's money to run the Kings of NXT... And we get a three-way between O'Reilly, Roddy, and Adam. That would intrigue me. But I think we're just getting Adam and, and Roddy on their own, probably with Bobby Fish. I don't know if Fish is coming back for the angle or not. I don't know what his injury status is. But to me, the interesting thing is a three-way between the three members of the Undisputed Era. Yes, I, I think I think there's some intrigue. Yeah, having the actual members or the founding members kind of all square off. I think there's some intrigue in Fish coming back and betraying O'Reilly, although I think people will see that coming from a mile away. Um, it's a, like, almost too obvious. You know, he comes back, oh, is he, is he my friend? Uh, and, of course, he's not. 
you know, Fisher had to cut the promo of his life like a Mark Henry in the salmon suit level promo to get us to bite into the idea like Bobby Fish loves his friend Kyle O'Reilly would never, ever betray him and then betray him. Or Bobby Fish teams with Roddy and hates both Cole and O'Reilly for doing this to their group. When it was like, hey, this is our meal ticket. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, and then Roddy has the additional thing of, hey, I turned on Pete Dunn to join you guys, and now Adam Cole's joining with Pete Dunn and, and one and two, and Pat McAfee, whose ass he beat in war games and in a match. And yeah, there's there's a lot of cool inching that can go here, but it just got rushed. I think it's going to be your basic. Yeah, the, uh, O'Reilly and Finn are going to take on everybody else. In some way. Uh, and it's then so crazy to me because this was really like the this is the big angle of the show for the last you know year plus this undisputed angle, this undisputed era thing. They really glued the show together with this. Thing. This is the rug that held the dude's room together, man. It's a valued beverage. <laughs> uh, let's let's get through AEW and NXT UK real quick because I don't have a lot of notes. I only had like one note for each. Uh, AEW, that Serena Deep match knocked me on my ass, dude. She was, this is what I want what r- women's wrestling to be. She was a grappler in this match as opposed to doing the choreography. Now, look, I have, again, I've been on record of this. I have a little bit of problem with mixing the Joshi types with the Serena Deep, Britt Baker types because I think it confuses the tone type of thing like watching the Japanese tournament which was unfortunate because the only people who won were people who had appeared in AEW before and I get that but watching this match uh, like it I if Rio were not dressing in the frilly skirts and stuff like that I'd take her a little bit more seriously Serena Deeb was a monster in this match and I loved it I continue to be just wowed by Serena Deeb and her work at this point, um, because she was always she was okay. She was fine. Yeah, you know? she was yeah, okay. Yeah. She, she was, was okay. okay. Yeah, she was okay. But like, like she's great now. I, I mean, she she is she is a champion level wrestler. She she is w- one of the best active working wrestlers in any company right and now. And to I, think it, WWE to only wanted her to be a trainer. Yes. That's what's ridiculous to me. It's a lot like the Sarah Del Rey story to me, because Sarah Del Rey still had stuff to give, but she wasn't quote-unquote WWE material. 
whatever the hell that means. And I think we all know what that means. But yeah, I she was she was like female. I won't go so far as to say female Kurt Angle, but her offense was tough. You know, I thought she sold the knee particularly well, even though yes! I, uh, she has she has yeah. a weird she has a legit injury to the knee. But she was selling that thing like I believe like she couldn't continue at one point because I've had my knee give out on me like that. And I was like, that that's how you walk. That's how you're doing it. If you have a torn ACL or something, I thought she had torn something at some point. I, I liked, you know, the well, one point where Riho briefly touches the knee and Deeb's like, let's go in the headlock immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, or maybe it's a courting hold. But like, yeah, I mean, she would just like go immediately. That's. It's good stuff, man. She's very good. Very good stuff. Uh, my only other note, getting Tully Blanchard in the ring in a six-man with Marco. Like my dream's coming too true, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped because I get a Tully Blanchard match, uh, okay. which I never thought right. I'd see. No, I, I, I want to I wanna be happy for you, but I, I got to tell you, Jeff, and, and I'm telling you this as your friend, uh, that I don't know what I, I put a question mark on that. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you this, uh, they're going to make this match stupid and gimmicky. And there is going to be lots and lots and lots of Skittles in this I, match. I agree. I get it. Tully's not going to do a moonsault. Maybe you never know. I mean, he, he's <laughs> going to pile drive Marco and Marco's going to so. sell oh, the hell of it. All I want, Chris, all I want is the broken neck pile driver spot. That's all I want. I want Marco in traction. I want Marco in a body cast. I want them to eventually like do comedy with the body cast where they're like rolling him down a hill and he falls in the ocean and he sinks and he comes back next week. I want Marco stunts character to die in some way. (laughs) You want him to be Kenny from South park. Yes. Yes. I want him to be super Dave Osborne or whatever. I, I just, I, I, his presence angers me on screen which if he were a heel would be fine but he's a baby face i want i want five minutes with a leather strap i want five minutes alone i want something but i especially want a pile driver on marco marco stunt please that's all i want for christmas aew mookie get on this and i and i continue to like uh jack perry i think jack perry's got a lot to offer Luchasaurus, I, the gimmick's too self-aware and too... It's too ironic to really get this guy over, and he's got chops, but, it, I, you know, it, the, the mask reveal was unimpressive. I'll put it that way. Was the FMW gimmick match earned? Um... It did kind of feel like it was out of nowhere, to be honest. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, you know, Kenny didn't bring the gravitas with the, uh, or gravitas. (laughs) My southern came out there. Gravitas! The gravitas. Gravitas is what keeps our butts (laughs) on the ground. Oh, my my inner hick sometimes come out, comes out. Me talk good one day. Uh, Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I still have problems with the Kenny character. But the good brothers aren't helping. So no, I, no, the the Bullet Club good brothers. I, uh, I have problems with the Kenny character as well. This is another angle that is too self. I mean, all the stupid joke with the TV. Uh, I'm sorry, 
it was good one week, but at a certain point, you're like some of these people on the internet who have exactly five jokes. And like, if you tell the TV joke over and over and over again, are you really that much better than the pl- person you're doing the jokes on? The joke, and also it just, the, the hot and cold slash duality of man thing that Kenny's doing with the Bucks and, and uh, uh, Don Callis is is having the good brothers go out there and make sure that the, that nobody helps the young bucks. But at the same time, you know, pretending like he's still a friend and kind of going the yes, yes, yes. And then when Kenny turns away, he gets, he gets angry or whatever, kind of playing that up. I, I'm just, it's a little too campy for me. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. There's the weird. Kenny is twisted in his emotional state over this, but he's not. And then like the other question here is what do callous and the good brothers want from the Bucks. Like, what is the point of creating this phony baloney bullet club reunion? It's never been particularly clear to me. It's like they are, they're writing this from week to week. And it, it very much reeks of that. NXT UK, uh, that Joe Coffee, uh, Rampage Brown? Brown, Rampage Brown. Yeah. Rashi Brown is somebody else. That was a manly match right there. Sure was. Um, yeah, coffee. Slabs of beef slapping each other, throwing each other around. I was a little surprised at the end. I got to be honest with you. I did not expect him to win clean like that. It's an interesting choice in many, many ways, which I like. I like interesting choices, but I... Uh, and I, I thought like the that thing that actually really gave Brown the most touch at the end of that stiff match was Coffee just recognizing that he'd been yes. beaten clean as a shit. Like that was good for Coffee because it like baby faced him. It does give us, of course, as the fans, the feel good moment of sportsmanship and tr- the tradition and all that crap. Um, but the other thing is, it gets over the idea like you know, Rampage Brown's really formidable. Like he's got Joe Coffee's respect, and Joe Coffee's one of these guys where if he doesn't like you, he'll tell you. Um, so I thought they it, did a really good job with that. It gets over their previous friendship that we've seen in the vignettes. It humbles Joe Coffee a little bit, who was just kind of blowing off Brown in said vignettes. It makes Brown a threat. It makes Joe Coffee a much more well-rounded character, in my opinion, is that he's a guy who will get his butt kicked and admit, okay, I was wrong to blow you off. Here you go. It's it's a it's a welcome thing in professional wrestling to me to have that kind of death in a heel character even though Gallus is a little bit tweenery because Imperium's always going to be kind of the big bad around there. But yeah, I, the rest of this show, you know, the, 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 the UK cup or what the Commonwealth cup or what, what do they call it? Yeah. Heritage the heritage cup. cup, heritage cup. Nothing for me. I don't care about Shea Sam. I gotta be honest. No, I, I mean, did, did anyone really think that, uh, Shaw Samuels, uh, had Shaw. a, yeah. I know. Well, you look at it, you see Shay, and I yeah, know I, I get it. I no one thought that he had a chance of winning this match, and they really gave it away when he got the arm lock on again, and it was saved by the bell. But uh, this is another one of these examples. At least it's a heel doing it onto a baby face that so you expect some heart. But if someone's like the master of the submission hold, you know, and they get a submission hold on early you expect them to finish it out relatively quickly thereafter. And that's the one kind of hole that exists in this rounds format. I applaud them for trying something different. I think the 
three-minute section thing does a lot, but like at the end of the day, does Shaw Samuels really need a 14-minute match? And I'd argue no, he doesn't. I love Kaylee Ray. I love Mako Satamura. I did not like this press conference vignette at all. It hit. It didn't hit one of the two notes that you need for a pro wrestling style thing here. Either you do it purely straight and you ask really good questions to both people, which these were not. This was, how do you feel about fighting her? How do you think? You, you, know, that- you said that you wanted to be the best. If you beat her, would that make you the best? Yes. Or you need someone here really healing it up. And they don't want to do that with Kaylee Ray because she's kind of doing a quasi face turn here. And they don't want to do this with the final boss, Mako Satamura, because she has such a presence there. And her presence is fantastic. But she should be Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four. I think. she. I came here to win. I must break Kaylee Ray. You, you are I, a little girl, and I am here to disabuse yes. you of your fantasy of being the best. You're yes. not. No. At some point, she should have turned on Kaylee Ray. And... It doesn't have to be a forever heel turn, right? No. Like this can just be a heel turn going into the match. But if you're gonna have Kelly Ray, who's on a quasi face turn, and I think you know it's, it, I think she's turning face ultimately. So like, I, I if if you have her on this trajectory, you need Mako to at least go heel for the context of this match, and at the end she can go just like Joe Coffey did with Rampage Brown and shake hands. Um, you know what it is? It's Oscar when she first came to NXT. Yeah. When she entered into the program with Bailey, you knew she she was healing it up quite a bit. She was a badass, but you knew everybody was going to like her because she's such a badass and and had such a vicious offensing. Mako Satomar should come in and go, all these other women you've wrestled in NXT UK are nothing compared to me. That's not dissing them. I am on a whole nother level. You saw me and she could throw back to the, to making as the, the, wasn't the finals of the May Young, but it was the it was the final four. Watch that on the network. Look at what I can do to people. Look at what I did to big names in this business in that tournament. I am going to run through you like a hot knife through butter, and there's nothing you can do about it. And Kaylee's personal pride then can react to that stuff. Yeah, this this to me was dull, and that's the biggest mistake yes. to do with one of these things. No, and, and it's so weird because normally Kaylee Ray has not quite Becky Lynch level swagger, but like close. And oh, I'd has say even like, better when she's evil, when she's bad, and she has the swagger. You believe she's a bad woman? Yes, and and here, I mean, again, you're trying to get her over as a babyface and wanting I'm to be so the best. Honored to fight her. And, you know, I know. Where's the weird this business? Becky Lynch, like I'm going to crush history. Like you're a statue, and I'm going to break you. Uh, I, I mean, that, that's my thing. I, I want Mako talking about how she's history and I'd want Kaylee Ray talking about how she's going to tear down history and erase it and put her yes. own name in the books. She should be um, Randy Orton here. She said, I'm going to kill the legend and yeah, I'm going to make and, my own here. Uh, option B, have them both quote unquote, go heel on each other and just build a friggin' fight. Yes. They, build the hate, build the professional courtesy and make it all a facade. And then they just start taking little digs at each other like Kaylee Ray goes, well, you know, she's a lot older than she used to be when she was at her peak. I loved you on Nitro. I loved you on Nitro. Yeah, do that. Come on. Bring it on. 
That, that just, was in color, right, Mako? <laughs> yes. Gosh, that's all I want. Build the fight. That's all they had to do here, and they couldn't do that. And it just, I, I swear to God, I think Ginny was one of the reporters, uh, <laughs> and maybe Piper Niven was another one, which also didn't help. Joseph Connors has long been noted as a high quality journalist. Oh, dear Lord. Don't, don't, no. We're not, that, that, that never happened, and it's not going to do this. <laughs> but that's all I have for NXT UK. Uh, I, ben Carter had a pretty good match. He's going to be. Uh, yeah, Ben Carter. I, I think he's a he's a pretty good guy. Uh, I, Josh Morrell, real fun pairing for Ben Carter. Josh yeah. Morrell continues to be. I, I think it's a great. It's a great role for this guy to be getting TV time in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, another weird observation. He has a really great haircut for being a mid-level up-and-comer jobber because he'll eventually become a fully formed product at which point he'll either cut his hair shorter or his hair will have grown out longer so that he's like an actual long hair wrestler dude. Like yeah, he's so got you, you, he's you got can, the you, weird mid-range hair thing. That's it's transitional. It's just long enough to sell the selling is what it yes. is right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like if mullets were back in style. Almost. Uh yeah. Uh, and your girl, any, any thoughts on your girl, Nina Samuels? Um, in this feud? I, like if she I, wins, Zaya Brookside is going to be her Chuck Taylor for a month. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what has to happen. Right? Like I, I don't, cause the alternative is what Nina Samuels has to, what, what, what's the stipulation if she loses? Get, give up the first quarter of her paycheck. Like Matt Hardy. A hot, a hot angle that is. God, who who can't sink their teeth into that one? I would assume that maybe Zaya pulls a. Oh, you didn't read the fine print. If you lose, you have to be my valet for thirty days, and comedy ensues. That okay, could I could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't have any thoughts. I just this is a stupid angle. Uh, it's gone on for a really long time, and I don't, I don't think. Zaya Brookside is really benefiting from this. No, I, I mean, no, I, I mean, that's she the should big, be like, pushed to the moon and she's not benefiting from this. No, I, yeah, she should be going up against like a Mako Satamora or whatever. And yeah, she I, should be getting built right now for Mako because Mako should beat Kaylee Ray. So I, I, I guess, I guess my prediction then is that she beats Nina Samuels because I'm assuming, I like, I just. I don't know. Maybe they do keep her in this infinity loop with Nina Samuels, but I, I assume that she does need to move on. Chris, I just want someone to root for a nice, pure baby face. And that brings us to the main roster and this ridiculous SmackDown tonight. Raw was, meh. there's nothing on raw that I really want to bring up, to be honest with you, other than speculating once we get to the EC preview, but this SmackDown Everybody's a little bit heelish, except Daniel Bryan, and even Daniel Bryan's a little heelish. I mean, we had, uh, let me get this straight. Okay, we had Ray and Dominic winning by cheating for the past few weeks, and then they get in there with Otis and Chad Gable, and now Otis is a heel, but remember, we turned Tucker heel to make Otis a better baby face, but now we're going to turn Otis heel because we decided to bail out on that story. Big E... It's kind of a douchebag. I hate to say that. I know that they're trying something with this uber confident showing his personality type thing. 
but he did the wrestling equivalent of cock blocking to to to, to uh, he brings out his own couch Apollo. so that he can sit he can sit on it to make fun of Apollo and in during this time he is wearing neon colored bright ostentatious clothing he's got no shoes on and if it was the 1980s and I described all of these things, you'd think I was talking about a heel. He's clowning him is what he's doing. He's eating yeah. a TV dinner on his couch with bare feet because, oh, he doesn't deserve this. And he's getting involved in the guy's feud with Nakamura. And he's not doing it because he's doing the right thing. He's doing it because he doesn't like Apollo Cruz anymore. And that just doesn't make sense either. It's not like, no, Apollo, I'm not going to allow you to do this. You're, you know... Get over it, man. Stop, yeah, you're not going to get a rematch. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the weirdest thing is Big E's the champion here, and he's trolling Apollo that Apollo can't get a rematch with with Big E, which, I mean, it makes reasonable sense, motivationally speaking, why Apollo would want to continue to chase any title, uh, especially like this mid-card Intercontinental Championship he thinks he's got a right to. And also, like, it makes sense why Apollo would start to really hate Big E. Yes, he kind of took, you know, the wrong way to get there initially, but Big E is goading him on. Mm-hmm. We have Sasha and Bianca just acting. <laughs> I hate this, Chris. You can't root for either of them because they, they are so snarky to one another and so passive-aggressive. And, and, and you know, Sasha's coming off worse. That's the problem. She was a big star when she got the title, and now she's acting petulant with the with the snarky laugh and everything. But then also is- Bianca's gimmick with the EST thing, mm-hmm. it, it implies a false sense of superiority, and I thought when... Naya and Shayna were doing their promo, which is a scripted promo. They're just saying the lines they're supposed to be saying here. But when they're talking about, like, do you really think Bianca is tougher than me? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I don't actually think that Bianca's tougher than Shayna Baszler. Oh, these promo, look, (laughs) I'll get to one part in a second, but just the start of that with Naya and Shayna trying to fit through the door. That no, and doing that gag multiple times, Jeff, just to make sure that we understood that, that like fat, yeah, that she's fat, and then and then to put over later on that she's the hot one again to kind of get over that she's fat. Um, it, it, no, it, it's <laughs> you get Reginald involved in this. This is weird. You get Aunt Pam, who <laughs> the ridiculous turtleneck. With the cleavage and the midriff cut out, but the turtleneck intact. So weird, right? I am here for this unrepentant stupidity, but I have my limits, WWE. (laughs) I do. Her insistence on everybody using the door killed me. Her having to wrestle in street clothes was ridiculous in many ways. The the, the door thing is only funny... Because Bailey, like, really gets upset about it. Where it's yes. like, it's door, you idiot. Like, like it's that. I love Bailey, but don't kill her. Please don't kill her I, for me. I, yeah, I mean, there's that. And, like, no, I mean, so many of these things don't make sense. So, like, why so why does she book Naya and Shayna? And then, like, for example, why does Bailey only bring out the one chair 
for Nia and Shayna. Like, to, to what end for that? Uh, there's just, like, th- there were half and quarter jokes stacked on top of half and quarter jokes and no real kind of thinking about, like, how one thing interacts with the next thing. And, yeah, I thought everyone involved in this segment, from Bailey and Sasha, whose entire feud felt really trivialized during the course of this dialogue, to Nia and Shayna, where I guess Shayna, we got over that she's tough, but we got over that Shayna's tough at the expense of Bianca Belair, who's supposed to be the toughest, and we sort of poked a hole in that. Nia Jax is supposed to be a monster heel, um, and we did not one, but, I, well, you know, you did one fat joke with the door twice, so I guess I'll count that as just one, but we did two different fat jokes with Nia Jax, and then we have uh, Sammy Mollier, uh, intergender, <laughs> intergender astronaut, uh, exploring the new frontiers of intergender wrestling, not since Joey Ryan has there been such a pioneer. Um, Sammy Mollier comes out and then pins Nia Jax, who's supposed to be the monster heel. So Without I'm not doing really... a move, he's not allowed to, to, to do a move on the women. You'll notice this, because this yes, is this yeah. main roster edict, is that if you have any kind of... So he's doing these ridiculous flips, and even Corey Graves goes, I don't understand the logic of that. But it looked impressive. <laughs> it, it's it's and and then the uh, and then the aftermath with Carmella. At least Carmella was smart. And goes, do you not think I was watching what was going on this entire time? Well, you, can you really blame? Can you blame Sammy though? Because half the time it, on this show, people have no idea what's going on out in the ring. So this time, Carmella knows about it, and all she's been doing is, I as far as I can tell, is staring at herself in the mirror. Sammy is smitten with Sasha Banks, and there is no more natural feeling in the world to be smitten by a gorgeous woman like Sasha Banks. I understand, uh, you, you know, when you it's a very middle school vibe when you're trying to impress the pretty girl in the class by doing weird things to get attention. I understand this. I'm for this, but don't bring Carmela Merlot or whatever the hell they brought. You know, she's not drinking any Merlot. Uh, you still have a job to do as a sommelier, and uh, and you should do it. But yeah, being a wa- sommelier is a, a time honored tradition. Um, <laughs> you are like a boxed Franzia, and Nia Jax gets angry over this. Uh, the, the other thing is the accent. The accent is horrible. Oh, oh it's terrible. It, but I like it. So I bad. like that. It, I like that it's terrible. That's the problem, because I'm a man who can't do accents all that well. Okay, so I so, appreciate it. Uh, I, I think... It's a commitment there, to the bit, Chris. Come on, I, you gotta I love sir, that. I do, I do. As, as a man who mangles the accents of politicians on a regular basis over it, don't worry about the government. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, but, like, tonight he said so many words, and he was clearly slipping out of the French patois I am thing. The, I am the Frenchman. Yeah. What he needs to do is what he needs to do is really play. And I was like, I am. How do you say? Yeah, you should do. How do you say? Oh, oh, you mean like uh, <laughs> like uh, Alec Baldwin's wife with the uh, asparagus yes. or whatever? <laughs> How do you say zucchini? Hilaria? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Invoke a little Hilaria in his performance. I'm into How it. How you Americans say this? Uh, Franzia. The, the <laughs> bottles thing, the, and the, James the, wine cooler. What do you say? I had I I got one story. I had someone give me no English the other day when I was looking for this orange cat. I I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, 
have you seen the orange cat? And he looks at me and then he goes, no, because I'm like, you know what orange cat means. Bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, I pretended go. I pretended not to understand English when I was hit up for money. Well, I, that would be one th- I, was, I wasn't hitting him up for an orange cat. I don't want no, no, to no, give no, me no. one. But, but, but no, I'm just giving you an example. I've pretended that I can't speak English before. And I pulled it off, which was amazing in so many ways. I <laughs> almost, I almost like tried to butcher Spanish, like uh, "puedes leer un gato naranja" or whatever. Like I, I was like threw it back at, but like, really, we're gonna go orange cat. We have no clue. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there anything on Raw you wanted to bring up? No, Raw sucked. Yes, I, I got I nothing. Agree. I got nothing on Raw, man. All right, then we will end it with our Elimination Chamber preview as of post time. There are only, oh, well, no, they put them, they put this match back in on the Wikipedia. Okay. For some reason, they put Asuka versus Lacey Evans back on the Wikipedia for some reason, which is interesting. So, uh, maybe Peyton we- Royce takes the spot. <laughs> I, I totally, I totally brain farted on this, but Peyton Royce would be a good person to take the spot and just kind of take over this whole angle. Peyton's spot during that entire promo thing was interesting. Sure Wasn't was. It? Yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> She's dead because she did a terrible entrance once, and now they won't forgive her for it right now, so they're making him go through this. Uh, you know, Billy Kay. That, oh, my God. Billy She's Kay been, being she goofy. got goobered. She got goobered, though. Like the she whole... came out as a cat, and there was no reason for that tag match between because nobody cares about Tamina and Natty. As a killer. This, this, and this the riot young squad. Tamina, she's an up-and-comer. I'm glad that we got over her offense. And the Riot Squad is the only legit team in the division, and they get beat all the time. So, I, you know, I just don't understand what they're doing with this women's tag thing. But- I, I don't get it. I, I don't get why you beat the Riot Squad, especially to Natty and Tamina, because, like, Natty and Tamina are the two people that you beat on a regular basis, especially heel Natty. Like, heel Natty, I mean, they beat her all the time. We will start with the WWE Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Lacey Evans. I think I've made my call. I think the easy call here is it's going to be Charlotte, probably with Rick, and probably helping her win the title, because I think they're just going to move Rick over to Charlotte now and try and fuse that again. And hopefully then Rhea comes in and, and challenges Charlotte. But I could also see this being re-debut of Rhea as part of the Raw roster, going in there against Asuka. But I don't know if she wins. I think she should, probably. And, you know, I think Asuka has been a great champ and it might be time to drop the belt after almost a year. But uh, what do you have for this Raw Women? Who's the Raw Women's Championship when it's all said and done, Chris? I am going to say Asuka retains. I'm going to stick with my prediction of uh, we insert Peyton Royce into this angle. I am. I'm fine. I, I like Peyton. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> WWE Women's Tag Team titles are on the line. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler taking on Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Chris was Wednesday all a swerve, and we're gonna have Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair visiting NXT. Or is something else gonna happen? I'm gonna call my shot. I think Sasha Banks walks out on Bianca, and that starts the the build for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I think we have been kind of establishing that Sasha's going to be the heel in their match and that we're going to try to make Bianca at Mania. At least that's a tentative plan right now. Who knows? Plans change going into the Mania weekend sometimes. Um, People lose who should win. But 
I am with you. I don't think they win the titles. I don't think they're doing that arc with them because I do think that what we saw with Nia and Shayna um, and Raquel Gonzalez and everything, I, I think that that's where we're going over there on NXT. Bobby Lashley with the injured MVP, at least from what I saw, I, that that knee shot, I thought he had torn his at least a patella or ACL. Have not heard an update on him yet. So that might be some. Did you see that injury on Monday? I did see that injury. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, here's the thing with knees, though. It's like sometimes you can tweak something and it mm-hmm. looks really bad. And then, like, a day later, you're like, I'm not sure what that was. And I didn't like the way it felt, but I feel okay-ish now. This card is somewhat subject to possibly change because Keith Lee may be out with a medical issue or COVID. Don't know. Haven't heard anything official, but he's scheduled to be in it. He was not on Raw this past week, and Matt Riddle is scheduled to be in here. Who retains? Or <laughs> who retains? <laughs> well, well, <laughs> the only person with the title retains, dummy. Uh, does Bobby Lashley retain? I'm going to say yes. I, I feel like the triple threat match is often a vehicle for a heel retention without really beating either babyface. And while I think they like Keith Lee, uh, and I think they do, you know, want to do bigger and better things with Keith Lee. I don't think they want to do bigger and better things with him prior to Mania season. And Vince loves Bobby Lashley. And and unlike some of the other people Vince has liked through the years, Bobby Lashley is deserving of the fondness. He's actually good. Um, and I don't, I don't think Vince likes Riddle. He's my favorite character on Raw right now. Because he's such a badass. And he wears a suit well. But he's a badass. And I like badasses in wrestling. I want Yeah, I still just remember that really great run of his in TNA around 2013. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, like, I've ever since then, I've completely changed my tune on this dude. Where I'm like, he's got the bot. The only thing he doesn't have is the promo. But, like, he's got the in-ring work and he's got the look. Uh, yeah, no, I like Lashley a lot. For the WWE Universal Championship match later in the night, Jey Uso versus Kevin Owens versus King Corbin versus Sami Zayn versus Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. There's only one winner here, and it has to be Kevin Owens, right? I I toyed with the thought maybe Jey Uso wins this, and then Roman destroys him to show that he has no loyalties. But I think it has to be another KO wins this title. Uso probably beats him up, so he's injured for the match, and the match happens right afterwards. Spear, one, two, three. I think that's what happens here, don't you? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, I was I was leaning towards Daniel Bryan, but a similar situation where it's like, we then beat down Daniel Bryan and, you know. I think the problem with Daniel Bryan winning is that they really don't want to overshadow the edge Roman Reigns build here. And I think that would turn off a lot of people to have him get beat by Roman Reigns. Don't one of the the funnier moments on SmackDown commentary tonight was when Edge really spilled the beads that he will not be facing (laughs) off against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. It was like that'd be a great match to happen someday. Like dot 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 dot, yeah yeah yeah. uh, This is obviously gonna try and get more heat on Roman. So I think the guy to get more heat on is, as much as I like Sami Zayn as a knucklehead, Kevin Owens getting 
They, oh, they, you know what? You know what? This could be another Jey Uso wins thing, though. Jey Uso knuckles through this, and then we get a skitlet where Roman, like, abuses Jey Uso a whole bunch. Or finger poke a doom. Yeah, but, like, I think we'll see Jey Uso not... Jey Uso wins the match. He works his ass off to win the match. Roman comes down, and Roman once again erases all of his in-ring accomplishments and expects Jey Uso to, like, eat the shit sandwich. And he does, but he hates it. I got KO winning this and probably Edge making the save after the title match. I think that's going to be the natural thing, and he declares for WrestleMania, and he points, and we forget about this Kevin Owens story, and we move on to old man Edge, who is moving a bit slow tonight, I thought. But uh, that's, you know. On this age. day, <laughs> he moves slowly. Oh, <clears throat> All right. And for on the other side, for the WWE Championship, a little bit of a lineup change from Monday. Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton versus Sheamus versus Kofi Kingston in the Elimination Chamber. What year is it? It's 2013, I think. Okay. Miz Sounds drops, like a hot angle. Miz drops out. Kofi wins a match against... Uh, yeah, yeah, Kofi Kingston wins his way into the elimination, elimination chamber, hurts his knee. Chris, is Kofi going to be staying in this match? Oh, and we replace Kofi with someone else? Yes. Ooh, I'm into that. And you know what? I would. Because I, well, I, I, like... I have four people it could be. So continue. Okay. All right, all right. I was almost going to say, I think that person wins, but then I keep going like, no, I, they, they're building like Sheamus and McIntyre. But but hit me with your four people. Maybe that'll change my mind. Now, the four people who are who could replace Kofi Kingston in this match by hook or by crook have all been logically set up in some way. Well, three of them have. Uh, one of them has not. I'm just thinking of three people. Let me think. Two. Okay. Anywho. The first one is Mustafa Ali taking the place that Kofi took for him in that elimination chamber to go through it. But if, if, if Mustafa Ali is in this match, he's getting run through. He's yeah. He's not, it. he's not winning. And that's all just a setup for the Kofi and Mustafa Ali match at mania. Second is a wild card way off the board. That probably won't happen, but I think would be a hell of an idea. Bobby Lashley loses the intercontinent or loses the, uh, yeah, it loses the United States title early in the night. Gets mad about it, kills Kofi, takes his place in the in the uh, in the chamber. I'm into that. I'm 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 pro that. I, and look, I'm pro Lashley and McIntyre as your man of met in WrestleMania. Like that's a great let's angle. Let's say let's say he loses by Riddle pinning Keith Lee. So he never lost the title really. He gets mad about it and he gets elevated by getting put in the elimination chamber. I'm for that. I think that gets him out of the mid card feud into the main event feud. Third, another one. No one's talked about yet, but a possibility Brock Lesnar returns for some reason as a former WWE champion to an empty, to a fairly empty arena. (laughs) I don't see this happening, but I don't see this happening here. Here's the other problem. I think Brock's return is going to be as a babyface, and it's going to be against Roman. 
and Brock's going to come back. Uh, Paul Heyman talking and correcting uh, commentary tonight that he is not uh, that Le- or that Roman Reigns is not his client. That he works for Roman Reigns, like that inversion of the power dynamic or whatever. My client Brock Lesnar, only he, you know, now I represent the Tribal Chief. Oh, I think that sets up a very natural dynamic between Roman and Brock eventually. I have a fifth one too, so that I'm going to add at the end of this, but it's it's a little bit also off the beaten path, but it makes sense. Okay, fourth one. Set up a little bit on Raw on Monday. Braun Strowman decides Kofi's too weak to perform. He's kind of been been a little heelish. He threatened violence on Shane McMahon and causing havoc if he didn't get his way. Braun Strowman gets added into the elimination chamber. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. He did. He threatened. Uh, he threatened Adam Pierce. That too. Yeah. And the fifth option, Kofi gets into the pod. He's grabbing his knee. He's acting hurt. The lights go out. Kofi disappears. And the Fiend is put into the Elimination Chamber to take Randy Orton out. Okay. I'll give you a sixth option. Shane McMahon inserts himself <laughs> into the Elimination Chamber and wins it. All right. Anywho... Any of those possibilities for your pick can happen. I'm just laying that out there. Okay. I'm also laying out the possibility that at the end of the night here, while Drew McIntyre retains the championship in the Elimination Chamber, that the person he last beats, perhaps Sheamus, ends up giving him an extra brogue kick or an RKO, and then Miz comes down to take the glory. One, two, three. And you have both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre chasing Miz for the next pay-per-view. And that helps build the the Drew-Sheamus feud by way of Miz. In the next pay-per-view WrestleMania? No, there's one in March. There's there's one in early March before WrestleMania. So we have then, that way we get the briefcase off of Miz before a year end because I believe Money in the Bank comes very soon after WrestleMania. Don't I thought the date was moved at one point, but don't get me wrong. But you have that as an option, too, in all these. So having all those said, I will give my pick while you think about this and marinate a bit. I do think Kofi Kingston is taken out by Mustafa Ali. I think that's going to happen. I think Mustafa Ali is going to have every finisher put on him and going to get jobbed out like a geek in this match. I think Drew McIntyre does retain the title in the actual match itself. And I do believe Miz is going to be a transitional champion at the end of the night. And then Sheamus will probably beat Miz for the title at some point. And then it's going to be Drew facing Sheamus at WrestleMania to be coronated yet again. Go for it. I don't think Miz wins the title. Now, I'm okay. going to shoot my shot on this. That's, I think my Miz, weakest, that's my weakest part of my whole theory. And I, I, think, I think he has a blown cash-in. I think he goes Sandow on it. Especially given that it... I mean, the only thing that makes me get, take pause is he could go, second time's a charm, and he might do all that heelish stuff. But I think it's just as likely as that he gets the briefcase twice and blows it twice. Because him and Morrison are presented as boobs. 
See, I was angry that they took him out of the match because the 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 logic didn't fit. Because to me, yeah, you can avoid getting hurt and you can call your shot any time, but you also get a mulligan. And I thought for certain, okay, Miz loses in the chamber, then cashes in for another shot, and then loses it again. I thought that was for certain going to be the move here. But yeah, no, I I can see them having him be the goof and not getting the title. I can see. Well, that. especially with the whole he's a master strategist thing that they were teasing. Yeah, and they don't have that guy. To, they have Corbin to kick around who did that still. But, you know, having a guy on each brand that you can say you blew it, you know, it opens up for the Vince type of promos. But please continue your thinking. No, that's it. Uh, I mean, do, do I need to, who wins? The, who wins? I think McIntyre wins. I think he hangs on. I think he's going to go into Mania against Sheamus. I think that that's the angle. Um, they haven't gotten to the end of the Sheamus storyline. And you and I agree with that. You and I agree yeah. that it's going to be Drew and Sheamus in, yeah. the, in, in Mania. At, at Mania. Just, so I just, I mean, they might, they might Dipsy Doodle and add someone else in at this upcoming pay per view. It could also be Miz could also decide on the raw after this that he wants to cash in at the pay per view, and like that's the rib of him not being a master strategist. Or he could cash in and go, "I want to be the main event at WrestleMania," and he becomes the third wheel. (laughs) Drew and Sheamus. Yeah, 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 that could be it too. (laughs) That would be terrible. That would be dreadful for him to do. No, I I mean, well, uh, God, Drew McIntyre Sheamus mismatch is already giving me. the wrong type of goosebumps, the goosebumps of absolute abject horror. Uh, but the only benefit of that is maybe they do a match and that's less of a match and more of a skitlet. Uh, they just uh, do, you know, a few Claymore kicks and go home sort of thing. It's going to do it for us. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. If you are on Clubhouse, you can follow me at Jeff Hawk. I'm trying out Clubhouse. I don't know how long I'll be there. I may start a Voices of Wrestling channel just to see what happens, but uh, who knows? I'm still uncertain about it a bit. Uh, you can, uh, please subscribe to all the Voices of Wrestling shows. We are a proud member of the Voices of Wrestling Network. Flagship with Rich and Joe, of course, being our big seller out here, but also us and Everything Elite with that crew over there and Andrew Rich over on Music of the Bat and John over at Wrestling Omakaze. Whatever your fetish. My, my other is. show, uh, Jackalope Nation, which I checked the feeds <laughs> yet again. I, it seems like Lanza and Rich aren't posting these. I, well, I don't they know. To- they told me they'd post it as I, soon as you got high I, wattage back up and running. I send you these these files. I give the update every week on retribution. What's what's the ins? <laughs> what's the outs? The rumors. I get I get all the dirt. Um, you know, I, I'm, if you want updates on Mace and T-Bar. I want an update on Reckoning, on Reckoning versus, versus Xavier Woods. What's going to happen with that? I, you know, you will have to tune in to Jackalope Nation, which should be on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, but they won't put it on the feed. Thank you very much. Um, and you also won't change your name, at least on air, to uh, Slap Jackkins. So, or I'm Chris, sorry, Jack Slapkins. Chris, plug, don't worry about the government. 
Don't Worry About the Government is another show, and uh, because it is liberated from the tyranny that is Jack Slapkins and uh, Rich Kreich and Joe Lanza, it gets out to the people, unlike Jackalope Nation. You can find that over at Don'tWorry.tv. You can find me at DWATG, and if you want to support the show, you can go over to Patreon.com slash DWATG, and you can get the video version of the show for uh, just a buck a show uh, for supporting the show. So go and do that. And if you want to check out the YouTube channel too and want to see what like video versions of the show are, I am now putting up the shows like a month back and older. So like, you know, there'll be like four, six, eight weeks old episodes. But if you ever want to just see like what it looks like to see a video version of it, you can do that now by going to YouTube and searching for Don't Worry About the Government. And Bobo the Wonder Monkey says ITRM next week goes to the moon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 